0: Hey everybody.
1: Hey everyone. This is Zach. This is Stuart.
0: And uh this episode we are it's a an accompaniment to the book club book that we we read recently. Yeah, so if
1: you haven't listened to that one, you should definitely give it a a listen.
0: Yeah, go back a few weeks and listen to the book and then re-listen to the uh the mini series coverage. Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
1: I mean, it's had a uh, quite an effect on pop culture, don't you think?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely like the um and and yeah i guess uh today we will be speaking about the 2017 film it yeah. um there was an alternate title i don't know if you saw this but it's got way too much in in it um for oh, me yeah. like i it's a really bad title it's oh was it the it, uh losers group yeah so it's it's it in capital capitalization colon part one m dash the losers club like yeah that's a little too much like chapter well and and as we'll we'll discuss in next episode um the next movie like they didn't even have it the the naming convention fall in order Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. the second one is it chapter two no punctuation no nothing so it's like your first one's it part one the losers club yeah just it chapter two Chapter two. That's it. Um, I feel like Edits. that that's it. Yeah, that, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to
1: make sure you got
0: it. Yeah, no, no. I I got it. I got it. Um But yeah, did you want to start talking about the movie first or did you want to do me mees or save those to the end?
1: Uh, we can save those to the end.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um so I guess to to talk about some of the pre-production or or some of the the facts of uh this getting released is uh so the budget for this is relatively low given the mm. times um i mean 35 million dollars is still a lot of money yeah but given the scale and scope of the movie that they were making i feel like that's that's about in in line with like a lower budget big budget horror movie you know yeah yeah i
1: think that was, i mean because truthfully like most horror movies don't really get a big budget.
0: No, I mean, because a lot of it re- relies on camera tricks. Like, you're going to spend a lot of your mm-hmm. money paying for good cinematographers and directors of photography. Um, you know, you're you're going to be worried about light and mm-hmm. and a lot in the, the editing on the back end. But you yeah. can always edit around someone's bad performance, right?
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> I would be interested to sort of see like what the biggest, I guess, horror movie was that, or like how much um, somebody spent on making a horror movie. Like, what was the most expensive horror movie to make?
0: Uh, in Hollywood, most yeah. because it's... I feel like
1: most of these movies, like a lot of the, uh, at least in my opinion, a lot of a lot of the better movies are kind of done with a lower production value and they're a little bit more cuz like Blair Witch which was like a would you consider a uh, a
0: phenomenon like hey, Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's a like Blair Witch is a super super micro budget and I mm-hmm. think technically the way they filmed that it's illegal mm-hmm. now like you couldn't really? make that movie now. Uh well yeah because they were um With them releasing it in such a wide, widespread thing, like Artisan would have been held accountable for, um, you know, with a big, big release like that, you have to have union people working on it. And so you can't do things like have the actors work as the... Uh, oh camera camera oh. crew as yeah. well yeah. um like there's there's some union guidelines that have changed since that was made so it's technically not legal for them to make it that way <laughs> hmm. um let's see so some of the most expensive ones ever made uh let's see so prometheus which i don't really consider a horror movie and neither do i um cost 130 million yeah uh the wolfman from 2010 cost 150 van helsing which i wouldn't call it consider- horror yeah movie, is uh yeah. 170 and then world war z is 269
1: i i wouldn't even consider world war z a uh horror movie
0: yeah i mean i i feel like most zombie stuff is like science fiction anyway yeah um i i don't feel like i yeah it can be horrific and there can be a lot of gore in it but mm -hmm. but i feel like a lot of times zombies are just kind of like and it's weird science stuff
1: yeah (laughs) um yeah with especially the different like you know flavors of zombies is this a fast zombie is this not a so the only um and i haven't really watched much of the uh shows Um, the walking dead when i was reading it in comic form uh, i would consider that a a horror sort of uh genre because i feel like you know it moves into the whole vein of like people or and and usually that's where these zombie movies end up falling is like people are the real monsters it's the people that you have to watch out for yeah
0: i mean walking dead is the comic especially leans more into the like psychological horror thing because like everyone points this out and i know it's kind of a kind of a a meme now but like kirkman said before the show came out but right right as like it was announced that the show was coming out Mm Um, like he was being interviewed or something. I, I want to say it was maybe on Nerdist, but, hmm. um, like he was like, yeah, no, the walking dead doesn't refer to the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> the, the walking dead are the people. Are the people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, but see, I feel like the comic has more horror aspects where I'm on the edge of my seat where I'm, you know, very entranced in what's happening. Yeah with these people and like there's a lot of like body horror as well as psychological horror as you said oh yeah and yeah it just i would consider that genre of zombies more horror but like when you get into the world war z when you get into yeah it's um, definitely
0: more like either action adventure or yeah
1: um if uh yeah if what's his name um top not uh Tom, no. If
0: uh, Brad Pitt,
1: Brad Pitt is running, I feel like it's an action movie. When he does his his normal run,
0: well, let me stop you there. Uh, not to um, actually, you, but you, oh. you, he he runs in uh, seven. I would, I would well, consider seven a horror movie.
1: I've never seen seven, so
0: oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, you know,
0: yeah. If someone's running, I'm, it's probably I'm a, to, yeah.
1: Well, no, I'm just saying he has a very unique run yeah yeah but um i feel like tom cruise
0: is like known for like his perfect form running (laughs) physique (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's another person who runs well too yeah um but again like I wouldn't call myself the leading expert of horror, since it's yeah. usually not my jam.
0: Oh, it's my jam! Yeah. I love
1: horror. Yeah. <laughs> so to get back on topic, these yeah. two movies were actually uh, the first time that I had uh, seen them.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um,
1: get back on topic.
0: I yeah, to get back story. on topic. Yeah. So, so I yeah, know
1: that we go on taxi. 30
0: So thirty-five million budget. <laughs> Um, this movie, how, how much do you think this movie got in the box office?
1: Uh, well, I know that it got a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to guesstimate, I'm going to say it made its money back and probably a little bit more. So maybe 50.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. um, it made 702 million. <laughs> wow. So it was a flop. No, 702 million. Oh, oh
1: oh against 35
0: yeah no that's that's uh 20 times it's (laughs) oh wow it's budget um yeah it um yeah because like you know there's a lot of funny business that people call hollywood accounting which is just like yeah here's the budget and then here's the budget plus marketing Mm -hmm. um like there's no way they spent like this movie made money back yeah. <laughs> um it uh so Rotten Tomatoes has it at eighty-six percent, cinema score has it at about a B plus. Hmm. Um and I don't know, do you do you agree with that? I or do you feel like that's a, a little bit high in terms of the cinema score, the B plus?
1: I mean so again, I just watched this movie and um oh. I had read the books. Because, you know, we did the uh, book review as yeah. well as the miniseries. I think it may be a, a tad bit higher just because I feel like some of the other sources were a little bit more. But again, it it's hard to put yeah that much information in a, a normal runtime movie because... I I felt like this wasn't that long. What was the runtime on
0: this? Uh, the runtime on it is uh really? just over two hours. It's a, a hundred and thirty five minutes. Yeah, and you're right. It doesn't feel that like it. I feel like they're packing a lot of story in there. Um, yeah,
1: and there were you know a lot of um a lot of interesting um beats that I feel like they missed, but you know yeah I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah they cut out a, a fair amount
1: <laughs> Yeah, but again like i understand because it's a movie and you have to do that right i will say one of the things that i think excelled in this movie was the sound and the music yes i feel like that um topped the uh, at least the miniseries
0: yeah yeah no like the um you know this movie has a um a really good uh sound sound design person working on it um i just i feel like the the score
1: really like hit home a lot and really made things tense
0: yeah and it, it never like bleeds into like you noticing it but like if you're sitting back and like closing your eyes and listening to what what's coming through on the screen it's like oh there is some music behind there <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and I, I feel like you know that wasn't um as strong in the miniseries and I really feel like this excelled in that like particular yeah, field
0: yeah, yeah yeah I mean th- this also did come out 30 years after and is, is like True. way more budget <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah no i um i don't know i, I b plus to me seems kind of high if i'm yeah. being honest like i really liked it first coming out so i can see you know the cinema score being that high of course yeah um i wasn't able to find a metacritic score on it like i'm, I'm curious what the metacritic on it would be but mm. um yeah like it's you know i would call it a, a solid b um, yeah. Cause like I, I own this, like not physically or anything, but I've, I've watched it at least a few times. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like, so, so this movie also has a really long development time mm-hmm. as well. Um, because they, you know, they started developing it in 09. Oh, okay. Uh, Carrie Fukunaga is the person who was supposed to be directing and writing it. They determined that in 2012. Mm. Uh, and then at some point along the line, he got frustrated and left um, oh, cool. because Andy Muschietti uh, yeah. started directing uh, from Fukunaga's script. Mm. Um, and he he is ultimately the, the person that directed this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... Let me look up. Carrie Fukunaga. I think that he did true detective around that time let's see Mm. so yeah he's credited as the writer for this one and then let's see what happened in 2013
1: oh yeah it stated that um yeah true detective yeah
0: yeah he he got hired to produce and direct that show from 2014 to 2019 Mm. and then he did Two season, two two different shows in one year. So yeah, he like he backed out. He did the the Alienist and Maniac, which is I highly recommend. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he the and by by he I mean Muschietti the uh, the guy that actually directed it. Um, said that you know they they drew a lot of uh influences primarily from 80s horror which makes sense because this movie is set in 1988 i want to say mm-hmm. um and so yeah like the the things that he i've seen name get name checked a lot are the howling the thing in near dark
1: i've so, only seen
0: the thing i have not seen the Howling. you've thing. never seen the thing or the howling
1: the, is the howling isn't the th- um that japanese film with um that
0: no no no, oh, no no no
1: What's the
0: howling that? is a uh, is a werewolf detective movie
1: no yeah i've never seen that nor have i seen oh i've seen the thing but what was the third one uh
0: near dark yeah, um
1: I'm not seen near dark either
0: near dark is interesting i think that i if it's the one that i'm thinking about i i saw it on television when i was in like high school Mm. um because like i'm older than this movie came out um Mm. let's see yeah it's a bunch of vampires attacking a bar so james cameron's uh ex-wife um catherine bevelow uh this was her first movie um but it's it's got this kind of like this weird um because it's one location movie primarily, like it, it it does have this really interesting atmosphere of being trapped in one place, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which I can see them using for part one of it, you know. Yeah.
1: Um
0: they um so so yeah, they they've name checked the howling the thing in Near Dark, uh and then which the howling makes sense because like I said, it's a um it's a movie about if I remember right, it's about a detective uh who stumbles upon a werewolf cult. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's, it's this kind of like Lovecraftian type, you know, thing where you, you, you think you're looking for one thing and you stumble into something that's way over your head and way different. Yeah. Um, uh, they've also, you know, pulled from Clive Barker, John Carpenter, Joe Dante. Um, you know, th- those are some of the, the, the bigger sources for people to pull from for, for 80 stuff. If you're not pulling directly from Stephen King, I think, mm-hmm. um, so in terms of designing it, um uh yeah. Bill Skarsgard uh said that he drew inspiration from Heath Ledger's Joker,
1: which yeah. I, I
0: can kind of see.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I will say that I do like Pennywise's costume in this because it's like if you think back to the book and what Pennywise is, um yeah. it's this weird mashup of fashion from from anywhere from the 1500s all the way up through the late 1800s. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: which is, is, is kind of funny because like, so where I work, I was giving a, a, a tour to people in, in a uh, historic home and um, one person pointed out who, who professionally is a, is an interior designer and she was pointing at different, different furniture in in one particular room and she's like you know it's it's funny once things get to be a certain past a certain age it looks like it all goes together because it's just old right but she's like you know this chair over here is from the 1880s just based on the style um these chairs here from the 30s this dresser here is from the 40s like there's decades between these pieces yeah but it just kind of looks old right yeah. and i feel like they it, that that effect happens in um with with its costuming in this is it's like it looks gen- generically old yeah but like they're they're diff- just different pieces that that have centuries between them right mm. um he also studied a lot of animal programs and used kind of the the um I, and I don't know why actors do this, because like Benedict Cumberbatch did this for Smog, where he like studied how beta fish move, right? Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. And like the Komodo dragon, right? Yeah. Um, but he he studied animal like documentaries and stuff, and that Scarsgard did, uh, and used the bearing and energy of hyenas, huh. um, and how they they scavenge and hunt. Yeah. Um. As well as the the scowling of bears.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard because, like, I feel like Tim Curry was such a an iconic Pennywise.
0: He is. Like, he is. Um. I I feel like though that Skarsgård, like, just by doing that amount, like, Scarshgard is not anywhere near as good an actor as Tim Curry. I don't mm-hmm. think um but he's putting in effort to do interesting weird things whereas also tim curry is just kind of playing tim curry in a clown costume yeah yeah i
1: I will give you that i will give you that it's you know yeah he he is doing interesting things yeah but you know whenever like i think of pennywise my mind always just goes back to
0: tim Tim curry Curry. yeah
1: yeah oh yeah and it's it's just it's hard to break that especially when like watching this movie i i feel like and i it's probably unjust i'm comparing him to to his performance tim
0: Curry. yeah i mean they're they're two different interpretations too because like you know, you don't really see Pennywise getting very physical in the miniseries. Mm. Um, like, one of the things he did here that I'm I'm looking at is that he... He, like, purposely would... the Basically, the idea he was wanting to get across is that, you know, to underscore that Pennywise is not human and he's playing pretend for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So he would, like, do things like you know purposely move his arms too fast when he's running to make yeah. it look like the way kids run right huh. uh-huh. um because that's who he who like pennywise would be studying the most and so he would be you yeah. know kind of unconsciously imitating those like i feel like that shows a lot of like thought and design behind the character yeah that yeah. you don't get from a lot of different actors um, i mean i i don't think it's a bad Pennywise like I'm
1: not like no yeah saying that was a bad performance I just I feel like and it's again unjust probably you know my mind always goes back to Tim Curry yeah yeah
0: yeah no I mean me me too um but I I think part of that is too that 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 was the first thing that I watched yeah (laughs) terrified the crap out of me as a kid yeah
1: (laughs) and I again it's just it's it's unfortunate because, again, I think that he does a good performance. Like, it's not a bad performance at all. He's, you know, putting his heart out there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an image that, like, you. whenever I've seen people um, cosplaying Pennywise, like, mm-hmm. I see them cosplaying this version. Um, really? More than the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's probably a recency bias, too um but um yeah so um one of the things that i i was digging around and found in this movie is the the way they marketed it and the way they promoted it mm-hmm. um for like a month warner brothers ran a haunted house and in new line cinema they ran a haunted house called the it experience nibble huh. house and yeah. it they they put this this haunted house at the corner of hollywood boulevard and vine yeah just as a promotion for people to walk through and have the shit scared out of them
1: oh that's kind of interesting
0: um yeah it is it is an interesting way to promote it um i mean I f- it, yeah i f- i feel like this th- it, it it's um like too, so i I bring that up
1: or kitschy
0: well no like it's an interesting idea to promote it but i feel like it also connects with one of my main criticisms for the mm-hmm. movie um and really it's more of a criticism for hollywood like well no not hollywood but but the way that um that like horror movies from the past like 10 years let's say um have been made where they're like they're all going after that like James Wan type feel um mm-hmm. where they're trying to get you with the jump scare yeah like they're going for the jump scare and that, like pre like not saying that that was not a thing before but like if you watch movies like the conjuring for example um the saw movies things like that things that James Wan specifically has has been in like it's trickled out into the rest of of horror uh, films where they're they're trying they're, they're not trying to like gross you out or freak you out or leave you with anything memorable necessarily like they're just going for the very short like Ugh! experience yeah you know yeah. um <clears throat> which i mean that, that is one type of horror like i'm sure that there are they're obviously people that <clears throat> really really like that type of of uh scare of of scare or horror Mm -hmm. um i think it's also a read well before i say this let me look up and see what the box office numbers on this are because part of it could have been the pandemic but um did you ever see well you you don't ever watch horror but um (laughs) malignant do you remember malignant
1: malignant remind me Exactly. So it came
0: out a couple years ago and part of this could be due to the pandemic. So I don't mm-hmm. want to like hit too hard on it cuz it was one of those movies that HBO Max streamed. No. Um but the whole thing with with Malignant is that it's advertised as this like creepy like ghost killer movie like no, in the vein of like So it's it's um the way it was promoted is and it's again, it's a James Wan movie. Um, is that? Uh, it's kind of like a like a Conjuring or an Insidious, where like okay. it's it's got these the weird, yeah, like it's it's got these weird supernatural elements to it. You're going to jump, you're going to scream, and then like oh ha ha ha, that that wasn't actually scary. Yeah, it was right? the cat or um, something like that. Except he. <laughs> He actually did did a good thing with this movie and made it like it, it's it's not that at all. Like there there are still jump scares in it because mm-hmm. that that's the game you play when you watch one of his movies. Is like okay, is he going to fake me out in the scene, right? Yeah. But um, it, it's actually kind of a weird, fucked up like seventies B movie <laughs> type mm-hmm. horror film, and so it yeah like like looking at the box office it it lost about six million dollars um and Uh, again part of that's the pandemic and but i i think part of that is people see like because they pushed who was doing it so heavily and because they've pushed like with you know um saw the conjuring insidious sinister like all all those types of movies they they push the the name brand recognition of the director um i'm
1: i'm interested um so i'm going to throw this idea at you and let me know if it's a true idea or not would you be interested in a horror movie with those kind of jump scares but at the end of the movie you realize that there was nothing that was like scary it was all you know somebody's not imagination but like throughout the movie it's just like this paranoid person where it's all in the person's mind, but not like anything sinister.
0: Um. Well, that sounds suspiciously like a, a movie that already exists. Oh, is it? Yeah. Am, am,
1: I, <laughs> am I coming you, up with a night? No. Do you uh,
0: want spoilers or are you pitching me a script idea?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not pitching you a script idea. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm fine with spoilers.
0: Okay, yeah, no, that sounds a whole lot like a, a movie that came out in the early aughts with John Cusack called Identity. Identity, okay.
1: Huh. So it's just like it has those horror elements of like music and everything like that like, you know, like scared that something might come up but it's like only just the cat or like a friendly neighbor or something along those lines and it's all in that person's head.
0: Um, well, yeah, so so the way that that, that one is done is mm-hmm. there's a, um, the basically there, there are these incongruous scenes of a guy being wheeled into like a parole board meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Because new evidence has come out that like he's on death row and there's information that could absolve him. And so they have to do a real quick, like parole board meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to, um, bunch of different big name actors like John Cusack is one of them Ray Leota is another one uh, Denise Richards I think is is one of the people hmm. there, there's like eight or nine people who are all hmm. meeting in this like hotel and they get stuck in this this um like or they cross paths rather because their stories are unrelated yeah but they they all get stuck on a rainy night in this deserted town in one hotel right yeah and one by one they start dying right um and over the course of the movie what turns what what turns out to have been happening is the psychological treatments that this guy who was going to the parole board was getting because he is a multiple personality schizophrenic and these are all personalities in his head Oh, battling it out right that's
1: kind of cool. and one of
0: them is the killer that's one of cool. them is the real yeah yeah, yeah. Uh. no it's a real good movie i mean i i spoiled the twist but yeah that's all right. it's it's I mean. I mean it's it's a movie from 2001 i think yeah. <laughs> um i'll put spoiler notes in the in the the in the the notes in the description thing of of like be careful zach Zach totally spoils the shit out of identity for no reason in this (laughs) this episode about it
1: (laughs) no well i i was curious but like that's a much better concept than my concept of just like a random person you know living his life or her life in this constant fear when actually nothing happens you know nothing scary happens
0: that would be a pretty funny um but it wouldn't be a movie i mean i know i mean yeah like it wouldn't be a movie um i mean they 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 put out um a thing on netflix it's like a spoof of those like um i mean it's like voyeur type movies Hmm where like, like Kristen Bell is losing her, like it's called the, the woman in the house across from the girl down the street or something like that, the the woman down the street from the girl in the window or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really long title, but it's, it's one of these things where like bored suburban white woman thinks she sees a crime happen yeah (laughs) and it's, it's, it's making fun of those types of movies.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of in the sense of like Dale versus Evil. Have you seen that? Yeah, like yeah, Tucker a, and Dale
0: versus Evil. Yeah, but like
1: that's more of a, a comedy than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it's like people thinking that like no are like people are evil or something like that when they're just like <laughs> trying to help out. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way not to spoil that <laughs> without.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's in the that's in the promotional like. Yeah materials for that particular true, movie true, where it's yeah. like it's like oh wait no they're not these random hillbillies that they're yeah. trying to eat people they're just trying to help just trying to help yeah <laughs> it's kind of an
1: interesting like spin on the um on the genre yeah yeah but sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack.
0: No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I'll just need to put a big all caps like <laughs> Zach for some reason decides to spoil identity for people who have I mean, seen
1: it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's for no reason. It was a thought process, right? Yeah. It was us yeah. kinda like thinking about things. We're <laughs> back on Target. Back on Target. Um
0: yeah, so so uh yeah, of of the uh the two versions of this movie, which we'll we'll talk about the uh the sequel. Um, next episode but um i did want to touch on um the acting in this because Mm -hmm. normally like when you get child actors like they're garbage um i feel like the acting in this is really well done
1: it is i think so too
0: um specific i mean granted you know one of the kids is from stranger things yeah so (laughs) um so he's he's already like in his exact wheelhouse of like, okay, this is how I act for, yeah. for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the... Uh, let's see. Who who are some of the other people that stood out? I feel like um, Sophia Lillis stood out. She played uh, Beverly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, which I saw her in... There's a show on Netflix called I Am Not Okay With This. Mm-hmm. Where she's playing a character who... It's like a realistic, like it's based on a graphic novel, but it's, um, she's playing a character that like develops powers, like a la X-Men type powers, right? Yeah. Um, but like the realistic reactions of like, oh my God, I can't tell anyone this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because then I would be experimented on.
0: Yeah. 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 But um, so yeah, she did a good job. Finn Wolfhard, as always, is is a really good um Richie, I think. Like mm-hmm. he 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 does play Richie well. Yeah. Um And then let's see, Jaden her is Bill Denbro. Um huh. he's I think that he's in Knives Out. Oh. Let me click on his name. I think yeah. he's the piece of shit like alt right kid. Well, yeah,
1: who's all like ugh.
0: in Knives Out. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jacob Thromby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he did an okay job. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I. I mean, it's it's kind of difficult even recognize. to recognize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of difficult to to. Um, like if you don't have a stutter like like apparently he his uh prep for this was watching the king's speech and like watching youtube channels to like reverse engineer hmm. like youtube videos of like how to stop a stutter to reverse engineer
1: that that's interesting that's kind of um
0: cool. i feel like whenever anyone does a stutter though if they don't have one
1: yeah like it's it really just...
0: obvious and it comes across as kind of fake I, fake and and kind of mean-spirited because you you can't like fake what that sounds like without making it sound like you're making fun of someone for doing it yeah. so um i don't know that's, that's just a, a, i mean that's part of the character like that's not really a um a gripe, like cancelable offense right <laughs> yeah i don't think it'd be a, um yeah yeah ben the the kid that played ben um was exactly how i pictured ben mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the in the book um stan Uris gets a lot more attention in this movie than i feel like he had in the book yeah yeah like he's around in the book but he's not really around in the book. whereas like he's one of the main characters in this in this movie
1: um, yeah why do you think they did that um if you have any sort of insight i think it was more of like a for a filming kind of
0: i don't know because like he he normally gets paired with um with eddie and Mm -hmm. so i feel like maybe they put them together and yeah like i don't know why they would have done that um yeah. I feel like Mike's story would have been better for them to focus on. And like you see hints of it when he's like standing in the alleyway, yeah. right? And he sees the 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 doors at the the loading dock shaking as if like people are chained up in there and they're on fire, right? Like like they reference that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um but only if you've read it. Like would you notice it and be like, "Oh, okay, that's that I know what they're referencing here." yeah um but they they don't really go into mike's backstory which is kind of strange although part of part of his story too is um i feel like part of why they didn't do that too is that mike's background in the 80s when this movie is set is not the same as mike's background in nineteen fifty eight yeah <laughs> in the yeah. book. I mean like there's a big difference between
1: there were some changes that they had to make just for like Yeah,
0: just for the update.
1: Up uh, yeah, for the modernization. Which kinda yeah. leads me to my next question. Do you think that this was um a movie that needed to be made? Like, do you think the retelling of it needed needed to be done?
0: Um Like, in what sense? To, like, add to the overall... Yeah, do you think that, like... like, Catalog of horror? This movie
1: did anything new or interesting with this IP that... In your... Because I, I would consider you the bigger horror buff than me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I enjoyed this movie, but, like, I enjoyed it in a way that I enjoy most horror movies. Like... It's okay. And, and, like, I enjoy horror movies, but, yeah. like, they're not my cup of tea. Sure. Um, I would say that you are probably more of a um, knowledgeable or an affiliate of, like, the horror genre. Right. Yeah, okay. And I, I just, I wonder, like, you know, I watched this movie, I was like, all right, that was a horror movie, you know. I I, I feel like there wasn't anything new that was explored in this. No. And maybe it's because I had read, like I said, all of this had been pretty new to me. Like I had just read the books. I had just seen the miniseries. It was all fresh in my mind. And yeah. like nothing really like stood out to me and was like, oh, that's that's cool that they did it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, so... So
1: I, I was wondering if maybe you had a perspective of like, oh, they covered the, you know, in a horror sense or in a so storytelling sense, they covered in, it.
0: Well, yeah, in terms of of uh, adding to the the catalog of mm-hmm. like horror movies. Or just
1: it in, in general, because there's been, you know, there was quite a bit of... It had yeah, I mean, series, so.
0: it, this, this doesn't do anything to like change the landscape of how you tell a horror film. Like, you know, like they're, they're always like, speaking of another movie with it in the name, It Follows is one that came out that mm-hmm. um, kind of was a, was a big change in the way that indie films could, could, you know, compete with larger budgeted things in terms of horror. So that, that kind of changes um, the, the lexicon i guess not to not to sound pretentious but it, no, it changes no, no. the way that the movies are, are like made. i'm
1: legitimately curious right like, i wrote this, this down to like ask you because yeah like, like you have more of the knowledge
0: of yeah that. like this doesn't really do anything in my opinion this doesn't really do anything to change how horror movies are made mm-hmm. um it's and a part of that is because it a hundred percent relies on nostalgia. Because like this is a this is a famous property. Um, it's a I think well liked property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so people who are wanting to see the R rated version, because like you know the miniseries is, was an ABC. Uh, like effectively two movies of the week on ABC yeah. 30 years ago. Like there were things they couldn't do because yeah. of TV standards and practices. Whereas now like you can, you know, they could probably make that on on Netflix. And yeah. it would be I mean, way HBO, closer to the book.
1: HBO would like knock that out of the park.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like this is um you know this is kind of a retelling of it through the modern lens of also trying to be nostalgic. If that makes sense like yeah um because when when your your biggest influences are are carpenter dante um i'm i'm sure that they pulled especially for this one they they pulled a lot from stand by me i feel like
1: yeah yeah i really got that it was kind of like vibe
0: um like yeah well especially with them like you know them jumping into the quarry and all that stuff yeah um <laughs> like i i don't know like it's a fun movie to watch like this isn't me bagging on it Um, No, no no it i think it's it does a better job of covering the kids story from Mm -hmm. the book Hmm. than the miniseries did because the miniseries like they stick with the kids for necessary moments but they like they're kid actors on tv in 1990 like they the scenes are not really good. Like they're having to do a lot of editing and cutting around, yeah, to to kind of make it look okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the miniseries focuses mainly on the adults. So this is good in that you know it's it's a, a good at adi- a a decent adaptation I would say of the um source material. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like horror movies, like this doesn't really like push the bounds or, or change up anything or like invent a new style. Okay. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, I definitely think that it adds value to the it property. I don't think it takes away any value. Oh yeah. I don't think, yeah. you know, people are, at least I didn't come away with a, a bad or a sour taste in my mouth. I was like, this is, this is interesting. This is a, an interesting retelling of the story. I was just wondering if there was like any innovations that were made, you know, like we now have a very interesting camera angle that they used or something
0: along those. No, lines. I mean they um they did a lot of uh let's see, filming, cinematography, let's see. Yeah, so like there's a lot of stuff because now you can kind of keep track of of things better on a set. Mm-hmm. Um like so they they used um yeah, basically Electra cameras and then Panavision lenses on them. Mm-hmm. Um which I that, I'm mean, that's like every movie. <laughs> right yeah. like i mean that's that's not really really different in terms of cinematography i don't think um it's i don't know it's it's still fun to watch like i feel like i'm it sounds like i'm giving it shit because it didn't really do anything no, but not everything no, has not, to do something you yeah, know not everything has to do
1: something it can be like um, a movie just for a movie's sake and you know like i i mentioned before i don't think it like takes away from the ip i don't think you know it hurts anything where like there have been some movies the first one that comes to mind is like airbender um (laughs) actual movie airbender where i feel like that movie clearly hurt that world that um that ip so i don't think it was like in any sort of form of that i just know that you know with like some of these uh, horror movies, they end up doing something interesting or unique in that sort of genre. I was wondering if there was any particular.
0: Yeah, I mean it.
1: it did, since it, I wasn't able to pick it up.
0: Yeah it um. It's it's one of those things. It's it's really funny. They're, they they. They're so focused on, on trying to get that nostalgia feel mm-hmm. that they don't like do any practical effects. Like it's all digital, if mm-hmm. you notice.
1: Yeah.
0: Like even the blood and stuff is is all digital. Oh. Um hey, that was good digital blood though. Which yeah, I mean which which it um I I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of movies that put digital blood in because it's like that's literally using one of the most expensive ways to do something to solve the cheapest way of doing something, doing something. which is to to fill fill one of those little like baby like snot suction cups with Row syrup job. and red dye and then just yeah. squirt it on something <laughs> like, um it's it it really bugs me that that you know when, when I, I I will say one of the things that kind of frustrated me when reading, uh that yeah no they pulled from from john carpenter and joe dante and then like watching the movie it's like those are guys known for practical effects like i don't see any of that on this screen (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's um and the other thing too is like if if you're wanting to go with nostalgia like you know and i mean not even stranger things does this because you can just yeah digitally age footage but like you know uh, the the camera systems they used are all digital. Like uh, Alexas are digital cameras. Um,
1: yeah, because I feel like Stranger Things is kind of that was all digital, right?
0: Um, really so Stranger Things does a lot more practical than you think. Mm. Um, maybe I'm trying
1: to think. Thinking of the um under, under dark or underworld or whatever they call that.
0: Uh, let's see. Yeah, and so so yeah, Stranger Things is shot digitally as well, but there the differences that I'm 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 looking at it right now. The difference there though is that Stranger Things is shot on 8K uh Red cameras. Mm. And so when you have more pixels like that, you can it gives you more room to work with with uh changing the picture right mm-hmm. like you can make it look older and make it look like film um because like 8k is really close to capturing what what film would yeah <laughs> um i i don't think that any movie like that and, and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm also not shitting on Uh, digital cameras either i think digital is perfectly fine i i feel like it's weird though to say that yeah we're influenced by this 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 and this and then doing the exact exact opposite opposite. yeah yeah. (laughs) of what you say you're pulling inspiration from and i mean i feel Um, like
1: digital cameras kind of uh, they they hurt more than help in a um in a horror movie where you know there's this especially if you're trying to build up like a sense of dread and you're just trying to uh, make things unclear because there is that like whole factor of like, I don't know what's going on sort of Yeah. with digital cameras where it, it it can sometimes be hard to like, you know, interpret what's out there. Yeah. I kind of, yeah
0: it. yeah i mean it's it's uh it's one of those things like you'll see film nerds fight about it and i like i, I don't think it's worth fighting about necessarily like you know film's good for some things digital's better for other things like mm-hmm. it's um really it's all in how you you know edit and <laughs> do costume design and <laughs> yeah which
1: again i think how the scene I, is
0: lit um, um I think the
1: writing's pretty solid, too.
0: Yeah, like, the writing I for this is... I, I don't feel like they cut out anything unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the characters were true to themselves. Like, yeah. you know, they still hit a lot of, like, the major themes of the book. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I feel like, you know, the themes were pretty heavy in the book. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, you... You knew what was going on and what themes were trying to be pushed about um children learning how to become adults and the whole like process of like you reach you childhood is a one-way door. And I feel like, you know, this movie stays true to that kind of theming. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was legitimately like scared slash very anxious when watching this movie
0: oh yeah they they do a good job of of really cranking up that anxiety yeah and again <laughs> I, I really think
1: it's music too like like i said at the beginning of this i feel like music was was on point
0: oh yeah yeah you know? totally yeah um yeah any any uh, final thoughts on this one um,
1: i mean i enjoyed it um yeah You know, as not a super big uh, movie, or not a horror movie buff, you know, um, I still enjoyed it. I thought that it was a a good movie. I, again, came away with, like, fear and anxiety after watching the movie and everything along those lines. I, I think it's just a solid solid movie uh, again i i do feel like they were working against an uphill battle just with all the source material that's been out there and everything along those lines and yeah. how do you feel like it ended do you did you like was it a satisfying ending to you
0: um yeah i mean it's about as satisfying as as you can get i think because like the the way it ends is kind of like stand my stand by me yeah ends if you've ever seen that where it's just like yeah and they never talk to one another ever again yeah (laughs) yeah um so like i feel like they they did that except you know in this time you know oh no they're they're going to get back together in 27 years
1: (laughs) so when this movie was released was was there already talks in work about a part two uh
0: that I don't know um I'd hmm. be I would I would assume that I would assume that that option was open yeah but um like solidly
1: like I, solidified
0: I feel like it's one of those things where where they're like you know, yeah, we'll keep the option open for the sequel since, you know, the property's so big. Um, we'll just see how it does. And then when you when you get seven hundred plus million dollars yes. off of a thirty-five million dollar investment, I would imagine that Warner Brothers fast tracked the yeah. sequel They're like, uh... and went, Oh no, we're making another one of these. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um, but we'll find out how that turns out next time, yeah. so what what did you think? <laughs> um, so of this one i I feel like it, you know, spoilers is the stronger of the two mm-hmm. um, it uh, I don't know. it's it's one that I've gone back and rewatched more than the sequel. and i I feel like it's because the the story feels like it's it's complete like they they made a movie that that um works as both the first part of something but also Mm -hmm. could be a closed circle yeah that's
1: why i was kind of asking you what you thought about the ending
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i i I feel like it was it was pretty deftly done Um, Yeah.
1: It wasn't like there was a wink, wink, nod, nod. There's going to be another one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. especially if Warner Brothers is like, well, let's see how this one turns out yeah.
1: first. Where again, <laughs> um, harping back to the Avatar one, it's like there was no clear like resolution. They're like, come back to the second movie because we're clearly making the second movie and then the second movie never happens.
0: Oh, my my favorite story of that is um and i only bring it up because she's such a hateful hateful bitch of a person is uh jk rowling with um uh the fantastic beasts movies oh oh, yeah (laughs) because no no one talks about they they started out going yeah she's going to write five fantastic Beasts (laughs) movies and then the nice. first one comes out, and they go, well, uh, we'll four. Yeah. And then the second one comes out, and they go, we're going to make it a trilogy.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a trilogy. <laughs>
0: oh, God, like, those wow. movies are fucking terrible. Have you seen any of them?
1: I've only seen the first one, and I can't even really remember it that well.
0: They're, they're I remember
1: bad. um, <laughs> one of the guy. There was a famous guy who was the white-haired, like,
0: evil wizard. Oh, uh, Johnny Depp? Uh, Yeah, Johnny Depp,
1: yeah. I was like, oh, wow, they got it. Well, I mean, it's Harry Potter, so I assume it's going to be a good name. It's
0: just so weird that you would, to me, that you would... And again, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to put spoiler notes for Fantastic Beasts. Anyone who, anyone who's like dying to see that can go fuck themselves. But, um, dang. But, uh, no, like, why would you, like, it boggles my mind that you would cast Colin Farrell mm-hmm. and then towards Just... the end of the movie go, haha, it was me, Johnny Depp, all along. <laughs> it's like, why not just have him be colin farrell yeah. <laughs> like why why did you need the bad guy to do that uh-huh. <laughs> it was me johnny it was Depp, Dio all along <laughs> do you know that meme yeah from no. uh jojo yeah.
1: yeah yeah okay i i wasn't sure <laughs> yeah i wasn't um, sure if that was going to be something that was over like uh, i
0: don't know JoJo. that 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 overlaps into my my inter uh, yeah, well, <laughs> circles but uh yeah no like those movies are just bizarre um yeah uh yeah and, and it's it's kind of like anything where a studio um <clears throat> disney <clears throat> gets a little bit big for their britches and they're like we're going to shoot like a 12 of these movies and it's yeah like, well, let's
1: let's let's come let's see down. how the
0: first one turns out yeah. um Oh, well, it's, it's, you know, James Cameron is shooting, um, three Avatar sequels, like at the same time. And like, I just can't imagine the amount of clout that he has where, yeah. where he, he announces I'm spending $2 billion making three movies. Yeah. Right. And the studio head publicly comes out and goes, well we'll see how avatar 2 does and and then we'll see if three and four come out and then like a week later the announcement comes out that like oh no no, no it was my mistake we this was the plan all along we're shooting it's like how much clout does cameron have that he can yeah. turn around and Where go, he's like, hey nah, nah. hey ceo of fox um fucking <laughs> yeah. This is, this is we're how doing. we're going to do it. This is how I'm going to spend your money. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then that have them good. publicly come out and do it. Like, that that's insane. You're like,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's how we are going to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with that, do you want to talk about me, me, me? Since we've, we've gone pretty far astray. If I'm talking about Jim's James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We can. Uh, did you want to start? Or did you want me to? You can start. Okay, so uh, I got three things real quick. Um, mm-hmm. They're all things that I think you would be interested in if you're Ooh. unaware of them. So, okay. um, so we recent my wife and I recently watched through uh, Chobits. Um, this was a rewatch for her. Um, okay. I had never seen it
1: before. Sounds familiar. I'm assuming it's an anime.
0: Yeah, so it's adapted from a manga by Clamp. Um, yeah. Which okay. I had a uh cousin do localization work for them. Oh cool. I didn't um, know that. Well my cousin. They're the generation above because technically he's my dad's cousin. Uh um but anyway, it's um <laughs> yeah no Cho I highly recommend Chobits uh to people. It's um what kind of like anime well I, uh, I I can't Okay. I uh it, it, <laughs> it would spoil it heavily so it's i will say um that the first like two or three episodes are kind of like like you know come on get to the get to the threat and and then once it locks into the story it moves very quickly mm-hmm. um it's one of these that has uh 26 episodes oh
1: so it's not a um a it's not like long a long launch. running
0: yeah yeah no but i mean you know people who are fans of clamp will recognize that you know on the surface it looks very like cutesy like um my robot girlfriend type thing yeah but with all things clamp it's it's actually weird and kind of dark (laughs) sci-fi um because so clamp for anyone who uh doesn't know um they their notable works are x magic knight ray earth card captor sakura uh chobits subasa and i think they did spriggan as well Mm. but i'm not sure about that one um i think Mm. in my head i associate that because i got sent a copy of spriggan by my cousin who does localization work it it must have been a contract with someone else but Mm. um yeah no the uh you know, I I recommend it to people. If if you like, um, so so basically, I'll read a synopsis of the first episode. Okay, is Hideki Matsua is a an eighteen year old student living with the short end of a stick. He's short on money, has to go to prep school, and is still a virgin. Hideki dreams of getting into college and having a cute Persicom, which is the people computers, uh, oh, okay. to surf the internet for pornography with. Okay. Uh, while right. he's while he's out one night he finds, way, eh? he finds a Persicom in the garbage, activates her, and names her Chi after her first word, which appears to be the only thing that she can say. After trying to hide her from Hiromi Hiromu Shinbo, his neighbor, uh and his mini persicom Sumomo, uh, and trying to trying and failing to hide her from his landlady, he decides to keep her, much to her joy. So that synopsis makes it sound like a weird purvo anime and it's not. <laughs> I mean no it's, judgments. It's it's not
1: uh is No judgments if it is a weird pervy
0: anime. <laughs> yeah. It's um like it's not even what I would call like an etchy type anime either. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 really um it's a it's a short, weird, dark sci fi anime. Right. Uh not not as dark as Evangelion, but like that same general feel. Yeah. You know, like this, this like impending, like, oh no, something is wrong with the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> type this feel. The world's
1: built different and yeah. now, like, we different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, if you're interested in things, uh, where, uh that that kind of discuss the ethics of ai
1: and yeah. having
0: having ai as servants like it's it's that type of thing it's that kind of thing like uh, that's cool. that's the sort of sort of feel of that show yeah um and that's
1: always an interesting concept yeah.
0: yeah yeah um and then let's see the other thing that we watched through that i think you've seen because we were in an anime club together and i think that we watched the first couple um, is uh, Slayers oh, uh, for, yeah. for for Christmas? I got her I... all of Slayers, the first three arcs. Um, nice. I um, really like
1: Slayers. I think yeah. Slayers is is a fantastic. I mean, it's it's definitely that like eighties anime. Um, it's it's older. It's
0: yeah, uh, uh, mid nineties ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, all it's right. like so. Like it's funny. I was <laughs> I was looking it up because I, like I was trying to track this down, and I was like weird the first three seasons are only on dvd they're not on blu-ray but the four and five are and so i was looking into it and like so seasons one through three came out in 95 96 and 97 right Mm -hmm. um four and five came out they came out like in 09 right like they're cg in that one really (laughs) and i was like ah i i feel like the first three are fine and like talking with my wife she's like yeah i've never even seen those (laughs) (laughs) like like the first three are what i saw but like even then it wasn't ever in order because you know i could connect with her on this because you know you grew up in in atlanta right yes um, just out in me where i live where well people Dogs like we've said before that,
1: that, <laughs> I, I know.
0: um no your address is <laughs> um the uh yeah so so the uh the the thing with with the why i bring that up is that you probably had way more easy access to like yes to anime, anime and stuff yeah. right yeah I mean, Whereas, my
1: first anime that I watched was from a VHS uh, rental place. Yeah, um, yeah, over at uh, it's Video Dome. We, yeah, we. Well, referenced. so
0: so she grew up in in Athens, which is you know, it's not tiny, but it's it's not a huge thing. Just I grew up in, in a much smaller town in in <laughs> Spartanburg, <laughs> South Carolina, and and my address, no, <laughs> there's. <laughs> so like at the time when I was like 10ish getting in, into anime like you would you could either go to Suncoast Video in in your mall mm. and pay $45 for a VHS tape that had three episodes on it. Yeah. Um or you could go to Blockbuster and rent whatever anime trash they had on the shelf. <laughs> um, sometimes it would have a youth restricted viewing sticker on it. Sometimes, sometimes it wouldn't. They
1: just did not care. Yeah. Sometimes
0: they didn't because guess, guess who rented it? Like 11 years old. Um, Orozco Um, Oh, that was you, <laughs> which yeah. for anyone listening, who's not aware, uh, Do- what is the name of, of that? What is the English name for that? Oh. Um, only heard it as its japanese Uru, name urutsu let's see i think it's like legend of the demon slayer
1: or is it just demon slayer
0: urutsu doji legend of the Oh yeah. um yeah it's so it's an 89 it's a hentai like it's full-on like tentacle like penetration and like it's it's super gross and but it's one of those movies where it's like yeah they had the cover of it and i just picked it up and there was no sticker on it and like there was no like back to it like it was just the cover that someone had cut off of it and slid it into the clamshell yeah right
1: plastic
0: and so and so it's just like okay so i can't see what it's about but it's anime i like anime yeah put it in it's like i don't think i should be watching this (laughs) so so like the reason i bring that up is she was saying that she had never like she had been able to connect like the storyline that happened online when she got on aol Mm -hmm. but like like she would only be able to check out the tapes that like the local blockbuster or mom and pop video rental store would have which were not like in sequence because why would they be in sequence
1: yeah that was always the issue nothing would ever be in sequence well and like like...
0: people forget that like you know blockbuster like the main attraction of blockbuster is that like they had like 30 copies of every movie right And, and like, they would whittle them down once they, they were not the biggest movies. But, like, if you wanted to see, you know, Terminator 2 the week that it came to video, or Jurassic Park the week that it came to video, like, you could do that in a blockbuster. Because yeah. they had 30 copies of everything. Like yeah. mom and pop video rental places would have to pay like two and $300 of video yeah. because that's it's a rental copy. And video so they'd have one.
1: Had, <laughs> yeah, Video Dome had such a selection because they didn't have like a wall dedicated for the newest releases. They just had whatever. So yeah. you would always go there. But again, yeah, they would have like, you know, Slayer's volume one four and eighteen and you're like, hmm, I guess I'm like, watching. Man, this I'm, the I'm gonna <laughs> have
0: to be connecting some dots here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it's like
1: you didn't have the internet to look up like what
0: happened. Well yeah, and, and it's funny, I I want to make a make a meme of this. I just it, it seems it, it seems more trouble than it's worth for the amount of chuckles that it would get. <laughs> but um let me describe it for you. You you know the meme uh, and and this is a way of pitching the the show to people. It's basically like a like a fantasy role play type type, type anime. Um, you know the meme where it's uh, how I expect my D and D games to oh, go, and it's Lord yeah. of the Rings and it's how they actually go and it's monty python's holy grail yes
1: yes i've seen that meme many a times i
0: want to make one for this where it's like how i expect my games to go and it's record of the lotus war oh yeah a record of lotus war yeah and then how they actually go and it's slayers because like slayers is a very much a comedy (laughs) (laughs) like it's based on a light novel (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so goofy why is that good kind of goofy it's
0: so good though like Um, like you know, Guardians of Order put out a Slayer's D twenty rolling uh role-playing game.
1: Ah, that's cool. I um
0: that. it's it's like two hundred dollars, um, mm. which really makes me wish that I picked it up
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> at some point when D20 was everywhere. But like I was looking at that and um apparently like they basically cranked it out with D20. But they did design a unique magic system to better reflect the the like OP spells that Lena Inverse. Could have
1: yeah, cast. well, she was like a um a harbiter of the like evil lord or the evil demon, yeah. and ooh, spoilers.
0: Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear when the first time she casts like a big spell.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, she ends up the big bad that she has to fight is actually that particular person yeah so she ends up having to like you know all of her magic is coming from that person that she's fighting so it's yeah. like i can't really do anything
0: well like this this game is like or the game that that guardians of order put out like mm-hmm. it reads to me the description of it, it's like pathfinder before pathfinder because like one of the criticisms you keep seeing pop up is that if you have people created in this setting, functionally they're like five or six levels higher than, <laughs> than mm-hmm. the D and D class that they should yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's one of those one of the the interesting things watching it through now now that she's had some more tabletop experience um, mm-hmm. is going through and, and being like, wow, people do not present as the class they are in the yeah. show because you know <laughs> lena presents as a rogue but she's more like a warlock she
1: yeah 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 uh, or
0: she is literally she is
1: literally a warlock, a, literally a um, warlock. yeah and then um oh, gauru
0: is gauru um is that the guy with the sword yeah he presents yeah. as a paladin yeah. but he's actually a f- fighter slash barbarian well he doesn't rage but <laughs> no yeah, he's he's not a paladin but he <laughs> steals, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so like no one is the class that they are presented as, um, which yeah. is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend that. Um, and then my my uh, my last thing is I read a comic that it's it's a self-contained comic mm. um, that I think you would really enjoy as mm. well. This is this is just suggestions for, just suggestions for Stuart for me. to nah. take in. Yeah. Um is uh, I, so it's a, a comic i uh i picked it up at my local library um and it's 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 called bubble hmm. and so it's apparently adapted from a pretty popular podcast that came out a few years ago um
1: interesting where all these podcasts coming out with like comics and stuff like I,
0: that. I know We need right? to get on that well like
1: <laughs> yeah i know what would we podcast <laughs> well
0: well like so the um the 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 thing with this this particular story is that the uh, the the bubble refers to the bubble around cities because uh, there's uh, either it's either another world um, or a post-apocalypse. It's never very clear which. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking other worlds where people live in domes, and anything outside of the dome is like a monster, right? Ah. And for some reason. Uh, That's cool there are these cities where like monsters pop up and have to be killed but it's yeah. it's really interesting commentary on like the gig, gig economy because the people who slay these days kind of like a sci-fi version of the witcher where like hmm. only not as grimdark like yeah. it's, it's actually bubbly and happy um where like the main character is a monster hunter like through like basically a rideshare app where it's like something popped up like <laughs> two blocks from you. Like,
1: well, gotta fight it.
0: <laughs> Looks like I gotta fight it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's a really interesting um, comic, and it's not very long. It's only like 150 pages or so. Ah,
1: wow, um, that's not
0: bad. Yeah. And it's digest size, so it's it's actually shorter than that. I would say. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Um okay. in the Intervening time. What What about you?
1: I got two things. Um, one is kind of a, a, I guess, a little bit of a longer thing. So a friend of mine got me into this. Um, did you ever play EverQuest? No, I did not. Okay. So EverQuest was my first venture into the MMORPG. And it's a very unforgiving game. Like, there are no tutorials they like they really wanted to give you a pure role playing experience um a lot of the mechanics are not explained um when your character dies you can actually lose xP which is very furious furiating um it it happened to be i've been playing as a um an a shadow warrior which is basically a fighter and a necromancer like a dual class sort of thing okay and you get spells at level nine so i got all my spells i was like yeah this is awesome i can summon up a skeleton i can you know actually do damage with spells and i bit off a little bit more than i could chew oh no (laughs) and i died and i dropped from level nine to level eight so i lost all my spells And I was like, oh, my God. But luckily, I I leveled back up to nine. So it's a bit unforgiving. And I think that was one of the reasons I quit it when I was first playing it. Because I was, you know, a very young kid at that time. And my attention span was, you know, horrible. And I think because it was just so hard, I was like, no, I'm not doing this.
0: Um, oh so you're actually playing through EverQuest now. Yes, so I'm playing through EverQuest now. No, oh, I thought that I was sitting there waiting. I thought you were using an example and you were gonna no. give me the name of something, and I was just like and then you said you were a young kid, and I was like, oh, is he talking about going back to EverQuest?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> okay. I I went back to EverQuest. But so EverQuest right now is a, a live service. Um, you know, they do their their whole thing. Um this is actually a, a an emulator. It's the original EverQuest. Um, it's free. All you have to do is um, download a couple of uh, programs and stuff like that. And some fans actually have like servers that they run. So it's it's a free. Um, it's called uh, I believe it's called Project Nineteen Ninety Nine because that's when EverQuest came out. Um and
0: oh well i mean the um sony released a uh an expansion this past december for it forever quest yeah
1: yeah it's i mean it's still going strong
0: yeah it's still <laughs> but
1: but it, it's a lot easier to play there's a lot more hand holding they have like, oh okay. maps. they have um they have like hotkeys they have like all these like tutorials and stuff like that but like this game is is basically the original game that came out in 1999, which was hard as all get-up. But people wanted that experience. So I had a couple friends who was like, hey, we're playing this. Um, you should. You, we know that you played EverQuest back in 1999. You should give it another try. And um, I was like, okay. The great thing now is there are wikipedias like dedicated to this game yeah so like yeah you don't have a map but i can go (laughs) to the wiki and like look up a map to see where i'm going because you can like tap or type like slash location and it'll give you like a a numeric location of where you are like you know um a hundred over 500 and then you can like refer to a map on their the forum and be like oh that's where I am. So it's a lot easier now um, especially since there's so much information out there because when I originally played like I had no idea what I was doing, I had like absolutely no idea like how to play correctly and um, yeah now, now it's actually kind of fun um, because it definitely has that nostalgia value. And again, I stopped when I was a level 9 um, Shadow Warrior. I just got frustrated and everything like that and just gave up. Yeah. Uh, and it really hits that like nostalgia button. And the nice thing is there is no life service fee, so it's not like I have to actually pay for anything. I can play it kind of at my own, you know, leisure. And it is a bit of a grind, but you can, you know, if you have some downtime that you want to kill, I usually throw up like a podcast and listen to it as I, you know, run and do a couple of, a couple of runs in, um, in the game. And, and a lot of people like, so it's a, it's a fan base server and, so many people were nice in that game like there is no toxicity like people want to play this game yeah you know so well, these
0: are people who have gone out of their way to preserve a very specific slice of game
1: exactly so like, they're going to like you know have fun with it and they're it's not all going about to be like playing and stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's fun it's it's a lot of fun just to revisit it um you know i'm not going to like a level up to 60 anytime soon or probably at all but it's just fun to like see the block you know animations graphics and whatnot and just like revisit this world that i only re- like dipped my toe in and just to see like how much information there is there like yeah. the game is huge like when the first when the game released in 1999 There was so much to do. Like, I barely scraped the surface when I was playing as a little kid and only got to level nine. There's just, like, there's raids. There's, like, (laughs) actual dungeons. Like, this was all super innovative back in the day. This was, like, the first, like, MMORPG. Like, this came out before um, uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah. And... You know, this had a real big focus on, like, role-playing. Like, you get more XP when you're in a group. You There's a lot of just, like, particular functionality that you can only do in a group. So it's, it's focused more on, like, just the whole role-playing aspect.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think
1: that's fun, yeah. And then the second thing, the last thing, um, and this is something I'm actually playing on stream, that i've really been enjoying is i'm playing um arms the nintendo switch game
0: where you are a springy boxer so yeah i watched you play a little bit of that for um uh oh st patrick's day yeah st Patty's yeah, Day. yeah
1: where i was drinking and boxing
0: Yeah, it was earlier in the thing. I don't know how that turned out because I had to get on the highway and drive home.
1: I was drinking (laughs) and boxing. You know, it's it's really... So when I, like, I used to box and I really like these movement games. I really, you know, think that it's... Because I work a normal job um, an office job, and I'm sitting for the majority of my day. So I really like these movement games where you can like move around and you can, you know, play and build up a bit of a sweat and stuff like that. I also really enjoyed like boxing, and I was like, oh, this should be like a fun little silly game. There are so many mechanics in this game. This game's like a legitimate like fighting game, like, there are counters there's footsie game, you have to really like be on your uh, toes on guarding versus like counter attacks, you really need to know like, what particular gloves do because gloves give like different um, attributes and whatnot. It's, it's a very complex game that I didn't really expect to be that complex. Like it's a legitimate hmm. fighting game. Like, with all of the different, like, mechanics and everything along those lines.
0: Yeah, Um, the footage that I saw was like, oh, wow, that looks way harder than I, like, envisioned that game would. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And the thing is, you know, the optimal way is playing with an actual controller because it's a little bit more responsive and everything. And, you know, motion controls are a little wacky and whatnot. But, you know, I just enjoy playing. I enjoy getting up there, doing a little bit of sweating, and just, like boxing around with some either AIs or, you know, playing with some internet friends. Like, so yeah. it, it's nice. I um, actually, before we started um, recording, I had uh, put, or I was streaming a bit, uh, doing ARMS because I do ARMS on Sunday. And I got a fair amount of people coming in and playing with me. Nice. You know, it was it was a fun time, just like you know, playing with everybody. So, so it's been enjoyable. It's definitely been enjoyable. I'm glad it was one of the games that I I decided to to play. And um, you know, I'm going to try to learn a little bit more about it and
0: see if I can get good nice yeah it seems like a much better game to get good at than (laughs) the other ones out there that are kind of toxic yeah i Um, mean you know you're you're going to find your your good people versus your bad
1: people every every game has its you know positive group of folks versus its negative group of folks i don't think there's going to be any particular game that has zero toxicity yeah yeah yeah
0: okay yeah that's that's me okay well uh with that uh wow we went way longer than i thought we would (laughs) yeah i mean
1: we we did a couple of like tangents pretty extended
0: tangents where i explained the plot of an entirely separate movie (laughs) yeah
1: that's fine you know Um, when we like say we're going to do a particular like you're like all right we're going to do this like it just kind of bleeds out everywhere yeah yeah you know (laughs) and i think that's kind of our style like yeah no one knows what to expect when they come into one of these things yeah (laughs) they they should strap him for a good time and just go with toad's wild ride
0: exactly well Uh, do you have anything uh you would want to plug right here
1: uh oh yeah yeah um so when you go to disney world go on toad's wild ride Yes. Don't forget to buckle in, though. toes so. Wild Ride, exactly.
0: Yeah. Ah, that's in Disney <laughs> World, right? Yeah. Yeah. It um, is. Uh, w- Do you want to plug anything? Well, I think... Um, nah, I, I, I don't think so. Screen shit. machine? <laughs> this great American screen machine. <laughs> Go on perfectly fine. Come off with a fucking broken back. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for people...
1: Uh, the. It's a wooden roller coaster. It's like yeah. an old wooden roller coaster here in If I'm
0: being honest, it's my favorite. <laughs> it gives
1: me a migraine every time I ride on it because it just shakes. Like <laughs> the <back>. yeah. <laughs> I no, the
0: worst. The-, the worst is the ninja. I don't know if they've taken the ninja off. No, um,
1: it's still there.
0: It's so still there. The ninja is the only one. Like because I'm a huge fan of roller coasters. I know it's the only one I absolutely refuse to get on because it it so it it's, it, it's interesting. Uh, let me say it's interesting when you
1: first get on it. Like you buckle in, but they've got like two um, cushions where your head rests, like yeah. two like cushions that cover your ears, and you're kind of like that's the only roller coaster that I've ever been that has those like head cushions, and you're like, oh, I wonder what this is for, and then you do a so <laughs> loops, and your head's just like hitting into these cushions and you're like oh this is what's there for so I don't break my neck
0: now when when Stuart describes these things as cushions he's being <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry they're they're being very very uh generous right now <laughs> um they're actually hard plastic um, yeah. and they're just slightly softer than the metal that's holding them on your shoulders. So when you ride the ninja, not only is your neck being wrenched everywhere, it's like having someone punch you in punch the you? fucking head every He's single turn. The head, yeah. It's horrible. I don't know who designed it, but they need to be shot out back behind a shed somewhere. <laughs> you know it's, i i, it, I still ride it I, I mean i haven't been to why because like, i'm a masochist
1: <laughs> oh gosh i love these tangents uh. <laughs> i like how at the very end of this podcast we're like oh we go on a billion tangents um all right we're ending it oh wait talking about roller coasters <laughs>
0: fuck the ninja and fuck whoever made the ninja i'm sorry (laughs) and on that note i guess
1: we'll see you next time we'll
0: see you guys next time where we talk about it chapter 2 Bye buh-bye